This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to yet another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. We're recording on a nice Sunday morning. I've been dragged out of bed, but I've got Mickey and Neil with me. How you doing, Mickey? I'm all right, fella. You? Not too bad, thank you. I've had a few late ones last night after winning some money on the boxing, so, you know, treat myself a little bit. How you doing, Neil? You all right? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad, not bad. As fresh as a daisy. I think we need to take some consolation when we can, mate, after the recent form we've been on. It's 10 without a win for Millwall recently, and... Four goals in them games. The last few have been shocking, especially yesterday. I think we'll just go straight into yesterday's game, boys, to be honest with you. 3-0 defeat after 24 minutes up at Middlesbrough. Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough. What do we think of it? Who wants to go first? Mate, I, I, I'll, I'll go first. Because um, Neil will just drag on and on. Um, 
I think it was shocking. I, I don't necessarily, I'm not on the same brigade as, you know, um, right out and all of that sort of malarkey. Um, I think that he, I just think the players have a lot to answer. I think there's something going on. The players just seem to not want to be there, not want to play for him. Um, I think injuries haven't helped him out a bit, but I just honestly think the players are just throwing toys out of the pram over something and he's having nightmares. Um, you know, I think we, we've banked too much on Jed over the time and he's looking tired, taking injuries and, and strikers. I mean, he's got, to, he's got to try and figure out a way to get Smith in there, um, Zahor when he's back and actually have an effect. But six weeks ago, we were flying. We were doing okay. Um, and now something's happened. Um, you know, I can't see his rat, you know, rat going shit over six weeks. He's proven at this level. He's got a massive football brain, football need. You know, he understands the game, everything else. But, you know, to me, I put money on the players. They need to start performing. Let's have it right. We had one shot on goal yesterday. So, it, I think I put a tweet out yesterday and it got a lot of interaction on it. So I probably will read that just quickly. So I've, I've, it was in the heat at the moment. Obviously, I still kind of think this now, to be honest with you. But I said, Rout's been let down heavily by the players he usually relies on since joining. Woods, Jed, Cooper, Romeo, they all looked off song yesterday. And I still think that now, to be honest with you. I mean, Neil, I mean, a lot of people came back to me on this one saying, you know, it's the formation, it's, it's nothing to do with the players. I feel like it's an element of both. I'm not going to lie because... Even Jed yesterday, you know, he, he put his effort in. I think he, you know, give him their due. Some of them do run around and give it their all, but they just look off song. What's going on? There's no leaders. Absolutely no leaders there. You can see it. They've just stopped playing for him. And that's blatantly obvious. They're, yeah, well, I kind of agree with Mickey. I think there's something... They're, yeah, there's something wrong in the dressing room and they're not sorting it out, but there's absolutely no leadership. You looked at most, uh, probably two or three of those, uh, yeah, the two of those goals yesterday, they were all stoppable. The first one where Marlon went absolutely, he was nowhere to be found, was he? And allowed the guy to get the ball into the box. I think it was the second one was quite a good goal, wasn't it, to be fair? But there's just nothing, there's something wrong and we're going down quicker than Katie Price, to be quite honest with you at the moment. Yeah, we are fl- we are going down quickly. Um, we've got to do something to arrest the slide, to be quite frank. And whatever we're trying at the minute, it's not working. We, he, the formation, well, you know, my, you know, you know my thoughts on this formation. We're a strict 4-4-2 club aren't we and he plays this ridiculous three at the back with two wing backs who don't get back and they don't defend because they're more they're more focused on yeah well on attacking uh they drove holes through our back four I think I put on our whatsapp group at one two nil down he's got to change this he's got to take Alex Pierce off Christ Alex Pierce has got about a much mobility as a mobility scooter with a flat battery and in midfield we just had nothing there it was crying out for him to put somebody extra in midfield because we were being overrun totally overrun Woods doesn't look the same player as he did at the end of last season earlier this season Ryan Leonard well a bit pointless yesterday wasn't he absolutely pointless and I see that people are 
blaming Troy Parrott, saying he's not up to it. But we're not creating chances for the lad. He's an 18-year-old, very highly rated. And we're just not creating for the, absolutely anything for him. Mickey, you were Did, right. You were right. He, he does go on, doesn't he, this one? I've just, look, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, Pierce, Pierce is a great motivator to a degree, but, you know, even he was having trouble yesterday with that, with that team. I just, you know, you listen to some of the reports and, and some of the stuff was going, because obviously, you know, we're watching it on iFollow, but we're, we're now taking opportunities to flick through different platforms and have a look and see what other, play, other people are saying through the, the watch-alongs and all of that lot to get a wider view and stuff to see, you know, what we're seeing is necessarily, you know, true and honest. But, you know, I watched the channel where um, they were saying, you know, Mill just didn't turn up. Well, you know, by the time the second goal, you know, the first one went in, they were like, you know, Middlesbrough are running our midfield to bits. They're all over them. And, and it just looked as if Millwall just hadn't turned up. And for other people to be saying that is, you know, truly worrying for you know our team because we should be well up for the well up for it mate um when we go especially when we go away we should be well up for it and the fact that we're not screams to me that something's not right there it's only the second game of the season we've lost more than by by more than one goal so i mean we're normally competitive and yesterday was far from it i think we're just getting found out a little bit this formation's a bit bland i, I do feel like the players have had enough of the formation as well personally you, you can see it it's just an over-reliance on jed wallace as well and if jed's not willing to take the onus on himself to do something like yesterday what do you guys think i mean you know we rely on jed wallace quite a bit don't we i think it's, it's yesterday was just flat creatively we're, we're all out of sea there's, there's nothing there neil i agree with you neil like you know troy parrot's not had the chances because no one's there to create anything in the team absolutely mate but then again, we've been saying this for what? Ever since we came back from the first lockdown, haven't we? Jed Wallace isn't the player that he was 12 months ago when he was undoubtedly one of the best players in the division. And we could have got 10, 15 million pounds for him. No, we'd be lucky to get 10, 15 quid for him. He just doesn't look the same player. He, in fits and spurts, he does pretty well. But I think we've got an over-reliance on him. You're right. Everything, if we're going to be creative, everything goes through him. If he has an off day or or there's two or three people marking him, one or two people marking him quite tightly, he doesn't get the space and he isn't allowed to create anything. And then we just look, well, just quite frankly, we look a below-average team with a below-average manager at times. I think that's the problem. I think the problem is, is our formation and the fact that we bank on on Jed. All the other managers just go, look, we can break their formation. We've been practising how to beat their formation, right? You two, you three, just stick to him like glue. If we can close him off, we'll open them right up and, and they won't be able to play. And that's the problem. Um, you know, I think it is. I don't necessarily think it's all down around it. I think it's, you know, I think the team, just there's no one else. But you've got to look at it as well, is that, if stuff was come out this week where, you know, he was talking about Romeo and other players where these players aren't training and because of COVID and everything else, you know, if players are coming straight into games with not necessarily training as a whole, um, then that's got to have issues as well because you're not finding new moves to be able to do because we're looking shocking even on um, set pieces in a minute too. 
Yeah, we haven't had, you're right. I mean, it's, it's back to back to back. And I think if you're winning back to back games as a footballer is like ideal. You know, you don't need to train. Morale's high, confidence is high and everything else kind of comes with it. You know, you don't need to train. You can just turn up to the games and, you know, fly basically in these games. But I think when you're losing, you need some hard work on the training grounds. You need to change something. I think we've been calling for it, the four four two, And I, I feel like a lot of fans are as well. And I think at this point, if you're Gary Rowett after 10 games about a win, surely he's got to change things up when we go into the next game at Bristol City on Tuesday, right? Yeah, we'd have thought so. He changed it yesterday and it stemmed the flow a little bit, didn't it? It's too defensive. We're setting up... Yeah, that formation that he plays, he's, he's trying not to lose a match rather than trying to win a match, if as stupid as that sounds... But he has he has to do something because otherwise this slide turns into a free fall and we can't afford it. Games, yeah, well, that's a good point that Mickey made actually. That we are playing every we are playing twice a week and that's and that isn't going to let up for any time soon. I don't think we've got we've got games coming thick and fast over Christmas as well. We have to do something at the moment to actually turn this around. God knows what he what he can do. Change the formation. He has to do something. And he has to stop this chopping and changing. If the players are fit, he has to play them. Quite simple. It's not you know, it's no good bringing this one out for that game and putting it in. That's go 4-4-2. Four, four, you have a flat back four, two in midfield, your wingers pushing on, yeah, and two up front. Let's give it a go. Christ almighty, you can always change it if it isn't working. If we don't change it fast and change it for the Bristol and get a result of the Bristol, going into Watford and going into Bournemouth, we're going to get spanked. I mean, our, what's, you know, our groups we're on and, we're, and the other groups we're on with a couple of other fans and stuff where we discuss the games through the game. We thought it was going to be like a Rotherham back in 2002. We thought we were going to get beat 4, 5, 6 nil, um, because, you know, three goals in, in, in 20 odd minutes, 25 minutes, it weren't looking good. But changing it did seem to work. So, you know, I think he does, his, his football knowledge is there. I just think there's something going on. And it's because we've got a relatively small team, is it time now to start bringing in these youth players and start giving some of the the you know the pros the main pros um a bit of a rest you know rest them for a game or two bring in some of these younger ones what have got the hunger and need um to show themselves i think that could be an opportunity for bringing in the likes of alexander um what's the other kid name you come in the other Oliver. day yeah he, he's he looked okay he looked good and a few of the other youngsters bring him in, in different positions to give our main players a bit of a rest they're not getting rested in my books. They're getting dropped, by the way. I think they've let us down in the last 10 games. And the, the, I, I get it. Like If they're if people aren't happy with the formation, that's one thing. But also just the players are zapped with confidence. So they do need to sit out for a few games and just hopefully, you know, we can stem the flow. Like you said, I think I don't really... Yesterday, when they're 3-0 up with us, bro, I think they kind of thought, that's it. Let's just see the game out. Neil Warnock's side won't concede three goals like that, especially when they're 3-0 up. So... It kind of stank of uh, Nottingham Forest before lockdown the first time. You know, we went 3-0 up, made the most out of Nottingham Forest. They were out of confidence and everything like that. And the second half, we just coasted to the victory and kept the clean sheet. So it felt like that yesterday. And it's it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? I think Bristol City, obviously, up there at the moment in the playoff areas. And then we've got Nottingham Forest coming to the den on Saturday. 
probably behind closed doors again. I, just, I don't even want to talk about that one. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a difficult run of games. And I think, you know, it's it's going to be a case of before the Bournemouth and Watford game, if we don't pick up a win, I agree with you, Mickey. We're in big, big trouble. I think we really are. I mean, we've lost, I mean, we've got the most draws out of all the league. We've got nine draws. I think the closest one to us is seven. So, you know, these draws are saving us because we didn't have that number of draws. We'd be you know, definitely at the bottom end of the table. I think we've had five wins, you know, out of 18 games. We're just not performing. Um, Okay, we're not losing games as such. We're not, you know, we've only lost a few. Um, But we're not putting goals in. And and I agree with what Neil said earlier with Parrot. You know, Parrot is only as good as the opportunities being put in front of him. If no one's sticking the ball up to him, then it don't really matter how good. The The geezer could be the top striker in the world. If he ain't having balls... He ain't going to be able to score goals if he's not getting the ball to his foot, is he? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. He, 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 I would like to see him play alongside uh, Matt Smith. I think, I think that Smith would, yeah, would actually hold the ball up for him, would lay it off to him, uh, or it's something worth trying. We have, as we've said, we have to try something different. And that is something that I'd quite like to see. The problem is you can't get 90 minutes out of Matt Smith, but you have got five substitutes. So you can always switch things around. He has to, he has to think outside the box. Something else I'd quite like him to do is actually recall McNamara from, uh, I think he's at St. Johnston, isn't he? In, 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 and apparently he's going superb up there. I know it's a Mickey Mouse Donald Duck standard of football, but then again, we're playing Mickey Mouse Donald Duck standard of football ourselves at the minute, aren't we? So That's, he he needs a bigger squad. He absolutely needs. Sorry, Mick. No, no, I was just going to say he's up there on loan with um, Callum Davis, isn't he? Correct. Yeah, he's over Callum yeah, Davis and is the assistant manager. I mean, yeah, it's, as I said, I think we've all been calling for the four four two for a while now. Neil, I think you know the thing is with Smith, he looked fucked when he came on yesterday. The sub didn't he? I don't because he started midweek. I, I thought even he looks a bit knackered yesterday. It's, it's, it's a big ask on all the players, but I just think we've got a kind of you know back to the wall mill performance now. We've got a Thompson in the middle, probably next to Sean Williams. Have you know Ferguson on the left? You know he'll give you everything he's got. He's probably a League One standard footballer at the minute, but we need that at the moment. We need someone to come in and just give it their all. Jed on the right, maybe, or Tyler Bury if we're going to drop Jeds. And then have Smith and Parrot up front. I think we've just got to go for it, haven't we? We, we really have to. I think it's it's something missing big time from us where that mill kind of spirit, you know what I mean? I think we're just not putting in that mill performance at the moment. Yeah, mate, you said something very interesting. Then you said a Millwall performance. Yeah. We haven't had a Millwall performance in fucking ages. Absolutely ages. This isn't this isn't Millwall. We we're not fighting. We're not rolling our sleeves up. We don't ask for a lot down at Millwall. We're not going to get your Lionel Messi's and somebody of that ilk down there, the most skillful players in the world. But we demand a workmanlike performance. And we're not getting it from them. This lot need to pull their fucking head out their asses and understand what it means to play for Millwall. Um, they're just not doing it. Uh, so either they have to realise they're doing it or fuck off somewhere else. Let's be quite let's be quite frank about it. They've got to fucking start to play. 
I think, you know, Rad needs to look in into the um into the January transfer window, needs to be given some money to make a few changes, bring in a few people, get rid of some people possibly. Um but on there, I mean, you know, obviously Neil, you you you've got some information on that one. But I mean, do you think the potential of that, that possible player coming in would make a big difference? Well, he made a big difference last season, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's a mit- well, we're, yeah, well, that's make no bones about it. We're talking about Jason Malumbi, aren't we? Uh, there is interest there. We have been speaking. We're trying to agree a loan deal for January, and he was absolute quality for us for most of last season, wasn't he? Once he actually grew into the club, once he found his feet, he was fucking magnificent. <laughs> yeah, well, let's be honest. Uh, Brighton want him to play some football. We want him. So it's a marriage made in heaven. Well, it ought to be, really. And he'd add something that we've been missing in the first half of this season in midfield, I think. I think without yeah, yeah. him, Woods, doesn't, Woods hasn't looked the same player, has he? he you, but we, you, Well, we need somebody that can play a five or ten metre ball, don't we? We couldn't pass fucking wind, let alone anything else, can we, at the moment? We're I mean, nothing. I mean, we've done negativity, but, I mean, yesterday, the second half did brighten up a bit. They weren't so bad in the second half. There was a, you know, there was a good few chances and all that lot, but they just didn't seem to have the hunger to push it to that that next level. But if they wanted it, they could have come back, oh, Omar's coming in. I don't buy it. I don't buy it, mate. In football, if you're 3 0 up and you're a team that's 3 0 up at half time, it's damage limitation. The, the away team would be like, right, that's it, damage limitation. And the home team would be like, let's not concede a goal here. We've won 3 0. If we can see this out, let's be honest, they had a couple more chances in the second half. Cooper made a couple of mistakes. I remember that Akpom tried to chip Bart in the second half. They just was, went through us at ease. And when they decided they wanted to go for it, they could quite easily. And we was all I see. I, I agree with you, Mickey. There was bright sparks yesterday in the second half. Tyler Bury is one of them. Ben Thompson came on and gave 100%, as you kind of expect. And that is that kind of mill performance ilk that I spoke about. I think we just missed the trick. We've been seven or eight games about a win before last week. Fans came back. We'll talk about that in brief detail. But, you know, we didn't do a show last week because we wanted to kind of, you know, let let the, the drumming on go past, so to speak, for Millwall side of things. But I think on the pitch, we missed the trick where you got a couple thousand fans there. We could have gone 4-4-2 up and at them and just put our heart and soul into it. It was the opposite, really, against Derby last week. I don't know what you guys think. I totally agree with you, mate. I just think that we, you know, we missed the opportunity, um, and we're playing. A, a, you know, again, it's going back to the formation where, you know, if the players are bang on, bang on the money and, and bang up keen and everything else and hundred percent positive and everything else, then it probably works. But right now, I think you need to dictate and say, right, this is a formation. It's a four-four-two. We're going to get the crowd behind us, and we're just going to run at them and just see what we can do. And if we lose, we lose. But you know what? If we all give hundred percent the fans are still going to love it. What are we doing playing five at the back against QPR at home? Why are we doing that? I know I, I like the five at the back personally on the roads. I feel like it served us well, especially last season. I don't begrudge it because it keeps us in games, and especially when you go to tough places. What are we doing playing five at the back? No, what we do, of course. But what are we doing playing five at the back with Williams and Woods holding at home to QPR? What, what's going on? To be honest, I, yeah, well, I switched off when they scored, so I, just, so I didn't really watch the game. I just had the ump. I didn't want. I didn't want to know anything about Millwall. To be honest, last week, just 
So I'm probably not the best person to talk about it. I'll it's tell you when we shit. scored, though, Neil, when we took the extra central defender off in the second half and then Bodvardson cupped himself with his ears to the to the home fans that were in the ground. Um, we scored when we was playing back four. So I, I don't know. I, I get the back five. I actually support it away from home. We're one of the best teams in Europe away from home statistically with clean sheets. You know, I won't knock it for one second, but at home against QPR, a team that's in and around it with us, I just, I just think you could tell we're short of confidence and I understand that, but a back five at home, I don't buy it personally. In the London derby as well, I just think Rowett, a couple of mistakes there this week where he's he, he, he needs to be held culpable, to be honest with you. And I, I agree with you, Mickey. I know you said about January, let's, let's see what he can do. But if we lose, lose the next four or five games for New Year's, is he still going to be in the job? Would you still have him in the job if we're 15 games without a win? No, no I, I, I agree. I think he's, you know, I think really we should give him till the middle of February. Um, but I agree with you that if we, you know, we get spanked big time by Watford, Bournemouth, you know, Forest, etc., we we are, you know, if we get if we get beat over the next four games, then you know I think it's going to be very very hard for him and trying to keep the fan base um, on the same page is going to be hard. Playing five at home to me just shows that you've already accepted that you're going to get beat, um, you know, before the team's even gone out. You you just really telling them that, you know, we're wary of you, we're proper scared. And that's definitely not the Millwall way, you know. Millwall run from no one, we're scared of no one and we do what we do. Um, and that's, I suppose, the biggest disappointment with currently watching it. The players aren't playing for the badge, they're not playing for the manager and, fuck me, they're definitely not playing for the fans at the minute. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to. Because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. I think the events of last weekend and before last weekend, we don't know what kind of effect that's had on them, to be honest, because they weren't, we weren't brilliant against Derby. That hung over to, from what I saw, a QPR. And it certainly had an effect yesterday. So I've got, uh, there's something, 
On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Well, we need to we need to get to the bottom of it, and we need to just basically tell them to forget what's happened and let's just get on with it. Let's get our season back on track. As for Rowett, I'm not going to pile on to him. I've, I've, seen that, I've seen that Lions TV have demanded that Rowett's out. I don't think we're at that stage yet. We're getting there. This is yeah. definitely the biggest... This is actually this this is actually the biggest crisis in middle tenure, shall we say. Listen, Lions but TV... Lions TV is, is fucking turning into the Daily Mail, mate. Do you know what I mean? It, it's all about it's all about clickbait with him. Write the most controversial statement you can write and all that. And to be fair, we could do the same, you know, like what we said, you know, we could have put out a show last week. We pretty much recorded a show last week and then we thought, you know what? Millwall's fucking bang at it. There's no point. They're getting screwed everywhere. There's no point putting something out where it's just going to increase the fire. Um and I think that's the problem. You know, you've got a lot of people last weekend decided to jump on the bandwagon over everything. You've got people going to Sky Sports, people, you know, speaking to reporters, putting stuff in the stories, putting stuff in the papers. It's no need. I mean, we've even got a story yesterday coming out in a Metro from someone a week after. Nothing, nothing mentioned and all this. Yet this fan's a big Millwall fan. It's just madness. When I was a fan of the boards, right, with things in the paper, the biggest nightmare was when people spoke to the press was that the club knew nothing about it coming out. They might get a warning from the paper saying, we've got a story coming in the paper, you know, with the evidence and all that. I mean, I'm using that as, as an example. To me, when I was, you know, I wouldn't speak to the press unless I needed to, because there was no point. And I am really shocked that people who allegedly understand us and, you know, I'm talking about the younger, you know, up and coming journalists, on social media, on on other channels and whatnot, I really thought that you guys would have known better. You would have known what the benefit is of not talking to the papers. I understand you want to make a name for yourself, and I can't fault that. You know, that is what you do. But you don't do it on the back of the team, and you definitely don't do it on the back of a team like Millwall, because what you've done is basically joined the elite ranks of all the other media that want to come against us. I'm not talking about Paul Jiggins. I'm not talking about Barney and all that. They are proper, proper journalists and they will do what they want to do. It is what it is. But the younger guys are trying to make their name on Millwall and be everyone's friend. And the problem is, this has probably damaged them more than they will ever fucking understand. Especially from a Millwall point of view, like with the fans internally. I think I agree with you, Mickey, completely there. And maybe, Neil, you can shed some light on that. But, you know, like journalists, when you're new, you're trying to, you know, make a name for yourself. You're trying to get, you know, you're trying to put yourself out there, I suppose. But it's a, it's a slippery slope if you're starting to go against a club you report for and all the fans follow you for. You know what I mean? It's, it's difficult. Especially if you're a fan of the club. I think that I'm so glad I deleted Twitter last weekend. Because otherwise, I'd have probably had every every, every news organisation in the world on 
on the bloody phone wanting an interview and you just can't do it. Yeah, I, I just love the club too much to get on there and to go against what most fans feel and to criticise most fans for for what went on. That's yeah, well let's get it right. Racism's wrong, but it wasn't a racial thing last weekend. It was showing you disgust at a political gesture. And they've gone on and they've just made themselves look silly because they're silly little boys, aren't they? They're all 18, 19, 20. They're trying to make a name for themselves. They're at uni. They think it will aid them. But what it's done is it's just made them look... It's just it's just alienated most, most supporters against them. What? Very, very ill-advised to have gone on, especially, yeah, especially onto a virtual signal in of virtue signaling woke organisation that's owned by a left-wing low loft like bloody Sky Sports News. Christ almighty, what were they thinking? Absolutely I, I, mad. Look, Neil, I, I, I agree with what you're saying completely. And I mean, I think the problem is, is that unfortunately, a lot of us, including us, we were approached through me, through the channel, we were approached by numerous radio, TV companies, all wanting a soundbite from us. We refused all of them um, because that isn't what we're there for. We're not about, you know, self-promoting us and getting our name on a, on a main TV channel and all that just so that we can have a pop at Millwall. That's not what it's about, right? Yes, when Millwall performs badly, we will jump on, the, we will jump on it and we will call it out for what it is. We want to be honest and we want to be, you know, talk like most of the fans do with their powers in the pub, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what we won't do is use the media to give Millwall a kick in to try and benefit our own personal careers or our own podcast career and everything else, because that's not right. And unfortunately, you know, whether or not these people actually admit to it or not, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted their name out there and also the channel they work for. That London soccer scene, you know, the, the editor from there works for Sky, so it's probably been all knocked up through them. And, and it's just pointless. Same as, you know, the MSC coming out doing what they did. That just fueled the flames. In a situation like this, anyone who's connected to the club or whatnot, just shut up. Let Millwall control the narrative. Let Millwall do it. If you want to, if you really, really want to put it out, put it out. But other than that, just let the club control the narrative. As soon as they control it, they've got a PR strategy they're going to use. It will disappear and it will come down. We know that fans were communicating with the club. We know that fans were having meetings with the club. So things were being dealt. Just because it's not being dealt with in the public eye, why the fuck do these people need to come out? I mean, even this towards the end of this week, the MSC still pumping stuff out. And all it's going to do is just keep rallying, 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 rallying. And cutting off comments just fuels the flames even more. It's just complete and utter fucking madness in my eyes. Shut your mouth. It's the Millwall way. And let it just take its thing. Today's news is tomorrow's chip shot paper. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's fact. Social media police, though, isn't it? That's how it is. A lot of people are out there wanting to try and police things and try and look good and right on social media. It's it's difficult because it's the, it's the current generation. It's how things are. And sometimes I'm even guilty of it. So I can't really bemoan them too much. But at the same time, you're right, Mickey. You know, like, 
no one likes us, you know, like we're the fans, everyone together. So, yeah, it's a difficult hard place to be in, I think, at the moment for Mill, but <laughs> we're used to it. It's nothing new, is it, Neil? Who do the fucking MSC think they honestly are? All as they've done is they've coated off their members. Who are the MSC? What do they actually fucking do apart from put out useless statements and organise discos? They don't hold the club accountable to anything. How many members have they got? You can't even read the minutes because they act like some clandestine organisation that just want to suck up and... Honestly, who are they? They've made themselves look absolutely moronic in the last week or so. They they don't speak for the average Millwall fan. What they are, they are actually what the club want Millwall fans to be. And Millwall fans won't be like that because we're pretty honest people at the end of the day. We say what we think. Yeah, we say what's on our mind. Yeah, rightly or wrongly, but uh, yeah, honestly, if the MSC want to come on here, tell us what you're all about. I'll fucking destroy you in a second. Yeah, because you're fucking pointless. You are a useless, pointless organization. Now, fuck off out of my club. And I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, well, that's enough of a rant. I'm going to have a heart attack in a minute if I carry on. Then you, then, Neil. You're sorry. I said, do they represent you? No, they don't fucking represent me. They yeah, don't they don't represent the average Millwall fan. I am the average Millwall fan. Yeah. Yeah, they don't represent me either, mate. So don't panic. Who are they? Fucking who are they? They just give themselves uh, glorious titles that mean absolutely nothing. People are still waiting for bloody refunds. And we were banging on about this a fortnight ago. And people still haven't heard of those. Has anybody heard? Has anybody got a refund from those two away games earlier in the year? It's fucking Christmas. Concentrate on this and not putting out muggy little letters that fuel the fires when we're going into grounds when the club's been through the ringer all week, or f- uh, yeah, well, at the time, yeah, well, yeah, let's not make too many bones about it. Last weekend could have been avoided had we done on Tuesday the f- three or four days earlier. Yeah, it was always going to happen, and that statement on Friday, somebody needs to be sacked over that because. <laughs> it was just like a red rag to a bull, honestly. Unbelievable. I agree with you to an extent there, Neil. I think, you know, like, I think the club knew this was coming and we know for very through various like, sources and various like message boards and also on social media, like senior club figures were talking to fans months before this regarding the taking the knee and were told we're doing it for one particular player and I think everyone could kind of figure who that is. But, you know, I think... In that sense, the club putting that little statement out on the Friday was a little bit too late. And if they put out the interview that Marlon Romeo done after the game on Saturday night, beforehand, maybe, just thinking aloud, maybe that's something that could have been avoided on a Saturday. But 
yeah, we, like I mentioned earlier, we we decided to kind of miss the show Saturday because we, we we really didn't feel comfortable talking on the subject to be honest, and we wanted to kind of you know leave it at that, didn't we? I think Mickey, I know you're gonna add in something here by the looks of it, but it was it was you know it's, it's been a tricky week for the club, and you know even for us and various other podcasts, you know it's and social outlets, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Sometimes when you put it through the mud like this. No, I think it is. And I think, you know, yeah, the statement was wrong, but I think the club will always, before potential big, um, potential blow-ups, the club will always put a statement out because you've got to understand that, you know, the FA are what they are and they could sit there and try and punish them. If the club's seen not to do anything, then it's worse for the club. Um, And, you know, I, I sort of understand, I don't necessarily think the statement was the best worded, but I understand why they put it out through my time, obviously, when I was fan on the board. So I sort of slowly disagree with Neil. I don't think the, I don't think the wording was probably right, but I think that the why they put it out was there. But again, it didn't need another statement from the MSC over the weekend either, because that was so, you know, flippy floppy, agree, disagree, call the fans out. It, it just didn't make any sense. The club, the club, though, Mickey, but in the club must have known Saturday was coming, and I'm talking about the reaction from exactly. the fans. The club must have yeah, known. They knew, it was coming. they knew it was coming, and I think they thought by Friday that statement would, you know, either stifle the booze or would make it not happen at all. And I think, you know, like they they knew it was coming, and I don't want to be spashing the club every time we're on the show, but I think, you know. If they knew it was coming, they could have done more about it in the build-up to the game, like they did on Tuesday night and or Wednesday, whenever it was the game was. So a lot needs to be said about that, you know. Like before the game the other day, they done a lot to help that, and they changed the kind of the public opinion. I think do we even dare talk about Sky Sports and their coverage of the game midweek? You know, like the, they were all waiting for us to trip up there, weren't they? I don't see the point of giving them any airtime, mate. I mean, it is what it is. No matter what you say, they'll always do that, and and it is what it is because unfortunately, Millwall sells. Uh, we've lost Mickey there. I'm sure we'll be back in a second. Go on, Neil. Yeah, he's probably going to tell us that he was fan on the board for a third time in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't like talking about that, does he? No, what Sky Sports coverage last week uh, last week was an absolute scandal, but we know why it was an absolute scandal, because they're pushing an agenda, and they push an agenda and... Um, we fed into their hands, basically. We could have headed all of this off if we'd... I think I put it on WhatsApp on Friday morning, didn't I? Friday evening. If we'd have put the Kick It Out logo on our shirts on Saturday and we'd have held up a banner, said that we're against all forms of discrimination, there wouldn't have been any booing and we could have avoided, quite possibly, was one of the worst weeks the club has endured for many a year this was this was this was a million times worse than what happened after Everton this was probably on akin to what happened at Birmingham in the playoff game all of those years ago I know you're probably too young to remember that night Omar uh it may it could have the sad thing is it could have been avoided and um, we just the the club just needed to take ownership before the game. We all knew it was heading that way. If we'd have taken those simple steps, we'd have looked good. I agree, yeah. mate. 100% agree we with you. Good. So somebody has to go for that. Whoever whoever put that statement out, 
whoever didn't see this coming, whether it be Steve Kavanagh, Billy Taylor, whoever, you've got to go for this. This is, it's unforgivable. You've just heaped a whole load of unnecessary grief on the club. That's right. And I think, you know, and like I said as well, I think the club just could have done more about it and they knew it was coming. So that's why it was the infuriating side of me because then I've seen the club I support be dragged through the mud the whole week. And let's be honest with you, I know people booed and they have their own right to boo. So, you know, if they wanted to voice their opinion, I don't for one second want to try and stop them doing that because we live in a free country, a free world. But it was quite refreshing. I didn't expect to see, I don't know if you saw it, Neil, during the week, Simon Jordan, the ex Custer Palace chairman. Did you see his little snippet on TalkSport? No, but I've heard about it. Simon Jordan standing up for Millwall. Of all Christ people. I think if you never need a, an angel somewhere, I, I would never have thought it would have been Simon Jordan for us anyway. But yeah, I think if anything, we've, we don't want to talk too much on the subject because like I said, we didn't want to do a show last week for that reason. So I think, you know, we've covered a lot today. We're obviously in big trouble. I think, Neil, if you, if you like I asked Mickey earlier, if uh, Gary Rowe loses the next couple of games, how many more games do you give him? Because... I know we're saying about other people saying row it out and, you know, looking for numbers in a sense, but reality is, mate, we're sinking very, very quickly. Yeah, well, as I said earlier on, we're going down quicker than Katie Price, aren't we? You, you will be honest. He has to turn things around. I think we've got to look at it. I think he deserves longer because of what he achieved last season. If we'd have been in and around the relegation zone at the end of last season and for most of last season, I think it would be time for him to go. But because of what we achieved, and we're not getting spanked every week, that's the thing. I think we've drawn six or seven, six maybe of the last ten, five of the last ten, which isn't disastrous. We just can't score goals. But... I think you have to give him until until January. I think I think Watford and Bournemouth over Christmas are the key games for him. But then again, who do you bring in? There's not an awful wealth of managers out there. You've got the Cowley brothers, possibly, but they didn't go that well in this division at Huddersfield, did they? No. People are saying Steve Morrison. No, we we don't need an <laughs> experienced manager at the minute, do we? Especially one who's as marmite to the crowd as Steve Morrison. Great servant to the club, but is he ready for this kind of job? I don't know. You've got to come up with viable alternatives, and there aren't an awful lot of viable alternatives. You love a low, Steve, <coughs> sorry. You love a low, Steve Morrison. I, I couldn't picture him in a in a suit on the touchline just yet for us. So, I think that's going to be something that happens inevitably one day for us, and we all know that will come one day. But probably not just yet. I think, if anything, we're recording on Zoom. I'll just say it. We've got four and a half minutes left to wrap the show up. So, I think we might just leave it here, Neil. I think, you know, Tuesday is a big game, isn't it, Bristol City? What are you thinking on Tuesday? I think if we go for the four four two, if we try and change things up, we might put performance in that surprises a few people. Don't you think? We need a, yeah, well, that's key. We need a performance. We absolutely need to put this wretched run of form behind us. And we need to show that we're putting this wretched run of form behind us. Yeah, we cannot have more performances like we've had in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. There has to be something there. And he needs to get it out of the players. 
Otherwise, it's the beginning of the end for him, I think. He need he, he needs to change the formation. He needs to get these players playing. What a difference six weeks make in football, eh? Especially this season when it's back-to-back. Anyway, I think we'll wrap it up here, guys. Uh, thanks to Mickey. Obviously, he's not quite here right now. Thank you, Neil, for joining us always. Cheers, mate. And, yeah, if you haven't already, be sure to check out our interview last week, which we've done with Alex Ray. And it was a great show, wasn't it, uh, last week, uh, Neil? Great show and great content. Alex still epitomises the middle way. Superb, wasn't it? I tell you what, what, what wouldn't we have to have an Alex Ray in the, yeah, in the centre of our midfield? He definitely wouldn't be putting up with these kind of performances, would he? But that's also say that Into the Lions Den is actually a weekly feature. Mm-hmm. We've got some blinding interviews coming up. One I did with a former player on Zoom last week. We were only supposed to talk for about 30, 40 minutes. We ended up speaking for nearly two hours and it was two blinding hours. We've got a great guest lined up this week. Mm-hmm. Somebody that people might not associate with the first team, but it absolutely blind an interview again. It's well worth. Yeah, we don't get bland on this channel. Yeah, we do not do bland. We're not middle of the road. Yeah, we're not anybody's puppet. Yeah, this is a podcast by the people for the people, and and just tune in and subscribe and listen to these in, in into the lion's dens. We've got plenty more planned. So get in, you know, get involved. Tell us what you think. Indeed. That's it. Interaction is always helpful. Obviously we appreciate everyone on Twitter always interact with us. If you've got anything you want to add, feel free to leave a review in the show notes. We've had a couple recently, good and bad, but you know, we, we appreciate any sort of feedback. So um, yeah, we'll leave it there. Thanks for tuning in guys. And we'll be back some point this week. Thank you. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.